This is episode 210 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and my name is Lee W. Mowen. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Lee W. Mowen, and you can follow the podcast, same platforms, at Cindy Pod, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D, and also check out the website, CindyPod.com. So for this episode, it's going to be very similar to the future of Wright State Athletics, Except for one big thing. Unlike Wright State, I don't have a direct correlation with St. Clair Community College, with the exception of I did a few games for St. Clair Sports, a few basketball games, a few baseball games. But that's it. That's my main connection to St. Clair Community College. Whereas Wright State, I went there for about four and a third years, got my diploma. And work there today. So this is the future of Sinclair Athletics episode. Episode 210. And this is just going to be. We talk about the topic. And then if you have any thoughts. You can chime in. And we can discuss it. Let's talk a little bit about. Sinclair Community College. This is a college that's been around for. 134 years, opening its doors first in 1887. At the fiscal year of 2019-2020, there were over 7,800 students, and Sinclair employs a little under 3,000 in the calendar year of 2019. Five locations, the downtown Dayton location is going to be our main topic today, with branch campuses in Inglewood, Huber Heights, the new one in Centerville in an old church on Clio Road, and Mason. St. Clair offers about 300 degree and certificate programs, and the capital investment in the Dayton campus is $150 million. The next five years expected to add another $80 million, although I'm not sure if this changed thanks to the wonderful coronavirus. Sinclair awarded 7,093 degrees and certificates in the fiscal year 2019-20. And there were about 30,000 students that attended Sinclair in the previous academic year. It doesn't say how many are spread from downtown Dayton and the branch campuses, but 30,000, that's a lot. It's over double of Wright State and a lot more than what the University of Dayton has, which I don't know that exact number. I think it's like 8,000 or something like that. St. Clair graduates rating the overall quality of the community college as good to excellent. Well, that number's at 99%. That's pretty good. 99% out of all the students say that the experience was at worst good. So, very popular community college. It is normally the way you go if you want to get your you know, non-degree classes out of the way. You get them done cheaper, and then you can go to you know, another college like Wright State, Dayton, Cincinnati, Miami. You know, The credits transfer over. That's how community colleges normally work. There are a few four-year degrees that Sinclair has started to offer. But not many of them. Normally, you go there for two years and then bam. And it's cheap. You save money. And 
you know, you prepare for your degree. So Sinclair Community College is a very crucial part of Dayton. And I think community colleges are a great thing. I mean, we got several. We got Edison State up in Piqua with branch campuses around. Um, there's Clark State, which I believe is still technically a community college. Although lately they dropped community out of their name too. There's Cincinnati State down the road. There, there's many of them. We talk about their sports when they play on this podcast. So that's the main topic. The future of Sinclair Athletics. We told you a little bit about the college. Now it's time to tell you about the athletics. This is a program that plays in the Ohio Community College Athletic Conference in the NJCAA, the National Junior College Athletic Association. That's the governing body that you know, pretty much sees most of the community colleges. I won't say all because you know there's other governing bodies for that. St. Clair last year called off sports for 2020-2021 because of the coronavirus, and that was about this time last year. But recently, St. Clair said no sports for next year as well. I got two articles, and the first one's from the Clarion. It is the student newspaper on campus at the main campus, founded in 1977 in downtown Dayton. And this article is from Associate Editor Richard Fultz. So basically, it starts off saying that Sinclair canceled sports for 2021-2022 with a possibility of canceling athletics altogether, meaning they'll pull Cincinnati State and pull the plug. Man, it's been a long time since Cincinnati State did that. They had, I think, one more soccer season because they had the teams and everything, but that was kind of it. Which is a shame, because, you know. But, carrying on. The announcement came earlier in March, after athletics were canceled nearly a year ago for the previous season, thanks to the coronavirus. The St. Clair College Board of Trustees extended the suspension originally at the outset of the COVID-19 outbreak. And though vaccines started to be spread in Ohio, only a fourth of the population in the state has started the vaccinations. Thus, in marriage with classes being pretty much virtual nowadays since last March, it's forced the hand of the college to extend the suspension and seek other possibilities for assets normally allocated for sports. So, when we talk about St. Clair sports, in the local Dayton media, it's UD, especially men's basketball, UD Flyers, Wright State Raiders, and then maybe if there's time, St. Clair. Which is a shame, because St. Clair does spread athletes around. I mean, there's Miles McBride at West Virginia. He got his first two years at St. Clair, collegiately. For many other sports, baseball, Eddie Persinger of Dayton Flyers Baseball, he started at St. Clair. Uh, Donnie Nicodemus also played St. Clair from Eaton. So, these athletes do find homes, some of them local, some of them not. I think Northern Kentucky might have been the one that has the most Sinclair transfers out, but that's not scientific fact. That's just me spitballing here. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But carrying on, 
As a result of the COVID-19 global pandemic, the nation and the world are dealing with enormous changes affecting employment and education, perhaps the most significant changes since the Industrial Revolution, said Kathy Pearson, Chief of Public Information for Sinclair. She continues, it's highly likely that many things we do will need to be adjusted as the education and employment landscapes change due to the pandemic. The analysis will consider all these factors. So just like the analysis of Wright State, you know, it's saying how sports fit. And while, yes, you, you know, it's definitely a different, you know, type of athletics in terms of how long you stay there, you know, sophomore nights compared to senior nights and vice versa. You know, it's still sports and these athletes are getting their degrees and they're still, you know, moving on with their lives. So again, my thought is collegiate athletics are a crucial part to a student life experience. Now, that doesn't mean that it's, you know, attended well or anything like that. I don't want anyone saying that I'm uh, contradicting myself on that. My personal belief is you know, athletics have the potential to give you your best, you know, your favorite moments for myself and Wright State. You know, you know, being on college radio broadcasting a lot of the games, some of my favorite moments from college. So moving on to the rest of the article. Though the analysis is just the beginning and nothing will be set in stone until February 2022, the college has already started outlining future initiatives. Of these initiatives, 10 were laid out to better pinpoint where the college would be working towards, with each assigned a score of importance. So, the list going from the most, the most important to the least important, Expanded skills trades training. So pretty much, you know, your type of jobs that don't, you know, necessarily need that four-year degree type of thing. Better persuade students to study in fields with good local jobs. Increase student field experiences, which you could make the argument student field experiences. Would you say field in that? Aspect: Are you talking career field or are you talking about the student life experience? Because remember, there's no dorms at Sinclair. Most of these kids, I assume, get apartments nearby or possibly commute from home. That's what I, that's what I would have done if I decided to go to Sinclair. Close the minority student success gap. Increase student life coaching. Expand innovative instructional approaches. Develop even more seamless partnerships. Engage more Sinclair alumni. Refresh the regional learning center strategy and encourage and support student entrepreneurs. So unless you're considering student field experiences career-wise and not athletics-wise and student life-wise, nowhere in that 10 has sports. Because let's face it, going pro, you know, depending on what sport it is, it's... The odds are very, very slim. I mean, it is a shame, but let's be real. There's not a lot that go pro unless you have like, you know, a blessed talent or something like that. So we go through 
And we'll also mention during this suspension of sports, the AFLAC director, Jeff Price, who's also a fellow Preble County native, he'll continue to maintain full-time employment as well as the head coaches, not the assistant coaches. They were not retained for this season. They will not be retained for the foreseeable future. So the head coaches and Jeff Price will support student-athletes and participate in the ongoing analysis of athletics at Sinclair. So 18 of the 88 athletes will continue their education at Sinclair, meaning they're losing 70 in that process, with all 88 being student-athletes being offered a free waiver to study and total tuition in place of participation in intercollegiate athletics. Those students' waivers will extend for another academic year, if needed, to complete an associate degree at Sinclair. So that is nice. They are taking care of the athletes. Make sure, you know, oh, well, you don't have sports, and there go, you know, your credits. Something like that. So, like I mentioned, community college athletics, you know, unless it's a local newspaper, it's not really covered that much, which, again, is a shame. I do my best to cover it on this podcast because you never know if they'll, you know, those athletes will stay around and they help out the nearby D1 programs of Wright State and Dayton. You don't know if they'll go to the nearby D2 programs, maybe Central State, Cedarville, you know, any of those teams. You don't know. Division three might be up next, maybe NAIA. And who's to say they stay in the area in the first place? They move on. Like, again, Miles McBride of West Virginia. You know, he got his start at Sinclair. There's been a lot of athletes that have a chance to continue playing. And, you know, maybe they weren't looked at to begin with. And Sinclair gave them a shot, said, hey, you know, come play for us. Then we'll get your tape out. So I definitely think that community college athletics have a place. Right now, Sinclair's place is in jeopardy, which is a shame. Probably your most successful sport on campus. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. Put up your air quotes on campus. It's baseball. Steve Dinneman, the head coach, he's done a wonderful job. This is a team that constantly battles for a spot in the NJCAA World Series in Enid, Oklahoma. This is a very good baseball team. Very good athletes. And it's a shame. You know, there was also plans for baseball to open up a field right across the river from Sinclair. So, meaning the drive would be cut significantly from about, oh, let's say, how long would it be from downtown Dayton to athletes in action in Xenia? depending on what traffic is and how you hit construction. It, it's not a short drive from Dayton to Xenia, but those kids do it anyway. They play through it. No complaints. You know, get shot to play college baseball. And it's a pretty nice field, too. Artificial turf, Grady's field. And, yeah, it's a nice press box, too. I've been there a couple times. But, yeah, this, this is a shame. You know, you don't want to see jobs entirely lost. Again, assistant coaches weren't maintained or retained rather. And right now the head coaches and the athletic director are still in place to help out those student athletes with, you know, their future. 
But who's to say if Sinclair decides, nah, sports aren't important, they get the axe. No. Which would be a shame because then they're out of the job. So, you know my thoughts about athletics. I think they're a wonderful addition to any college experience. And I think, you know, with the right advertising and getting the word out in front of the students, you can have yourself a great time. I mean, heck, for basketball and volleyball, you're playing at the only the only facility in the world called Building 8, because they're named after numbers, you know. Which is a nice gym, too. I like, I like my time broadcasting the few Sinclair games that I've done. So, again... It, it hurts to think that this possibility exists where you know, sports at Sinclair are a thing of a past. But again, go back to Cincinnati State. When they chopped off sports, they decided that it wasn't worth it. It wasn't part of their future plans. You know, go to Cincinnati State, get your associate degree, then work for your bachelor's and move on. Which, it stinks, but it is what it is, you know. I definitely hope that Sinclair makes the right decision with the right amount of knowledge and research done, not just a hastily made decision of, oh, if we cut sports and we save so much money. Do you, though? Do you? Again, I just hope that they do make an educated decision on this. So from the Dayton Daily News article, this is by Chris Stewart, updated March 15th. Yes, a little bit late on this topic. So a little bit more about it, as Dayton Daily News does cover it. The president of St. Clair, Stephen Johnson, told the paper, the analysis requested by the Board of Trustees will review the balance of costs and benefits of maintaining an intercollegiate athletic program with the time and resources needed to strategically increase the scale of apprenticeships, increased healthcare, certificate training, skills or skilled trades training, advanced manufacturing education, and supporting increased minority student success. So pretty much, you know, he's trying to further ahead, you know, Sinclair's reach to the academic side, which I get. Signing extra overhead required to manage COVID-19 issues, the resolution called off next year's seasons for Sinclair's basketball, volleyball, baseball, and softball teams. The suspension includes all practices, scrimmages, games, tournaments, and community activities. The programs were already suspended for the current academic year because of uncertainty surrounding the pandemic. You know, every time I think that we are heading towards the end of this nightmare, you know, numbers start to tick back up. So I'll believe it when. Everything is back to close to normal. This analysis will gauge the strategic value and resources needed of continuing intercollegiate athletics in the future and provide overall pros and cons of continuing such athletic programs in the future, the resolution read. So right now, if you go to SinclairAthletics.com, it tells you it can't connect. So the page is down. Sinclair does have a little page on their main website saying sports have been suspended for 2021-2022. And that's it. So, 
The Aflax page is gone. What do I see in this? I really don't know. I I love to tell you that they'll decide that athletics does have a place for those that are part of the athletic department and they'll keep them. But unlike the episode talking about Wright State Athletics, I really don't know because remember, community college is such a different animal to, you know, most other institutions. Yes, it's true that Wright State is a mainly commuter school with about, last time I checked, uh, 70% not living on campus. But with Sinclair, there's no campus housing or anything like that. So if you live nearby, it's an off-campus apartment. So there's no on-campus living. It's literally buildings to learn and get your classes done and then head back to the parking lot and go home. So I do realize that the two different monsters looking at the future of athletics are, in fact, completely different. Which, you know, we talk about sports and everything, but remember, community college and junior college sports are different. The whole task is to, you know, get your two-year associate degree, then move on for your bachelor's or even further than that. The resolution cited a lack of quality time to apply towards restoring the resource-intensive athletics program, serving 90 student-athletes. Remember, there's five sports, so break that down. That's less than 20 per sport. Baseball would probably be the most... I didn't want calendar? Get out of here. The most uh, populous of the sports. So that's about 18 kids per team. And again, I have to assume baseball would have most of those bodies. So for the current year's athletic suspension, all student-athletes were offered a total tuition and fee waiver, and 18 of those athletes continued studying at Sinclair in lieu of participating in Athletics. Those students will have waivers extended for one more academic year, if needed, to complete their associate degree, according to Sinclair. So again, Sinclair is trying to do things right, but this is not an easy decision for anyone. And again, I feel like athletics bring something special, but at Sinclair, let's be honest, you mainly go to classes, then you go home. Which I think is a shame because St. Clair's a nice campus and I, I like the downtown campus. Can't really vouch on the branch campuses too much. I do drive by the Centerville one a bunch going grocery shopping and everything. But, you know, it, it, the branch campuses are mainly, you know, few classes offered there and the main campus is where it's at. I mean, it does help if you don't want to drive all the way up to downtown Dayton if you're in that area. So that is nice. I mean, that helps out Centerville, Bellbrook, Kettering, maybe Waynesville, just because of the fact that Waynesville's not too far away from everything, too. But you see what I'm getting at. The branch campuses help out if you don't want to travel to downtown Dayton. So 
unlike the Wright State Athletics one, I I'm torn. I don't know what I don't know what the right decision is. I I the sports fan of me says keep sports, but you know, maybe it's not worth it for Sinclair. Whereas compared to Wright State, I said, yeah, sports do help out. You see, for me, my experience at Wright State consisted of going to a lot of games. I mean, a lot of games. If I didn't go to games, I was normally producing them back in the radio station. So, you know, it it, it meant a lot to me. I mean, being part of the student section, organization, those are memories I'll have forever. And I appreciate those memories. So, and I, I, I feel like the athletes have those memories too when they play at Sinclair. They won't be as long as your typical four-year college because, again, you're there for two years. So, it is a really tough decision for the Board of Trustees. I hope they keep them, but I understand if they drop the axe, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, you're a hypocrite because you want to save Wright State Athletics but not Sinclair's. I didn't say I wanted Sinclair's Athletics to get the axe. I just said that with community colleges, it's, it's a different body. It's a different monster compared to your other campuses. So that's my take on the whole thing about Sinclair College. It is tough to see another year of no sports at Sinclair, but at least the community college is taking care of those athletes that are staying put to work on their degrees. So that's pretty much the article. Again, Chris Stewart for Dayton Daily News and the other one on the Clarion is by Richard Fultz, the associate editor of the student paper. I mean, again, with the athletics website being offline, it's tough to see. You know, some funny things about Sinclair athletics history. Once upon a time, the teams were known as the Satans. I am not making that up. The Sinclair Satans back, I think, as late as the 60s. But, uh, yeah. Whatever whatever place you're going to learn about sports, like, oh, we used to be the Satans. It's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> In case you're wondering what the first classes or the first uh, look of campus was, in 1887, there were evening classes in a one-room evening school. 55 men enrolled. And this is from Dwayne Kirkman, Assistant Vice Principal, excuse me, Assistant Vice President of the Regional Centers. I almost said principal, but I got myself, so. Yeah, this is from Dave Collins, PhD, Senior Vice President, talking about how the athletic teams were called the Satans. Could you get that away? Could you get Away with that this day and age? No. Don't be silly. So, Sinclair sports are known as the Tartan Pride. And the Tartans. Just really depends. Now it's Tartan Pride. It used to be Tartans. Which, in case you're wondering what that is, you know the patterns you see on Scottish kilts? That's Tartan. 
which I never knew until I looked it up. My first, uh, pretty sure my first Sinclair game, but yeah, Sinclair Satans. How about that? Could you imagine podcasts were a thing back then? And <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Satans, the Sinclair. <laughs> Tartan Pride's unique too, but. So these are the 25 facts you didn't know about Sinclair. This is from 2019, and it talks a little bit about sports. Steve Dinneman, the head coach, the head baseball coach, mentions two facts about the baseball team. Sinclair was nationally ranked every year since 2009. So again, successful, probably the most successful sport on campus. And also mentions Chris Sperling a Hall of Famer at Sinclair. He's a former Major League Baseball player. So, you know, there's a pro coming out of Sinclair. So, reading through some a neat thing about Building 8. Again, that's where the gym is for volleyball and basketball. Originally, there were racquetball courts there and a bowling alley until 1999. And a snack bar that serves Seattle's best coffee, which is good. You don't want to taste Seattle's worst coffee. Woo-wee, tastes like a foot. Milkshakes, ice cream cones, Skyline Chili, heck yes, and pizza. This was when the building was known as the Student Union before the Starbucks Cafe was added to the library. This is from Kathy and Jenny Soy, POS faculty. That's pretty cool. I mean, building eight's neat. I mean... When you get, okay, so to preview a little bit about going to Building 8 and the few games I've done there, you park in the parking garage and you go through the tunnel. So pretty much that's your last exposure outside. Go through the tunnel and then you follow kind of a long winding path. You go underground a little bit and then then you're in Building 8. There's the the cafeteria. Is it a cafeteria or is it just the snack shack, you know? You have big screen TVs down there. That's where speeches happen from time to time. There was a pool down there, Building 8, that I remember. And you climb up, and then to your left is the gym. So again, I've done a few games at St. Clair, and I love my time there. I mean, it's sports the same, but there's just something about junior college sports that just makes it that much extra, you know? You have less time to see these athletes before they move on. So, looking through the 25 facts again, there's a couple points saying that there's ghosts in Blair Hall. Students have said they often heard what sounds like laughter and voices in different places around the hall. This is from the theater manager, Terry Stump. And some, and another point from Terry, other students claim they hear music when none is scheduled to be played, while other students have dealt with the sensations of someone tugging on them. Some attribute these hauntings to a ghost by the name of Hamlet. Weird. I don't know what your take is on, you know, that type of thing, but it's kind of neat to hear. And apparently other parts of Sinclair are haunted as well. So that's cool. Looking through, the Clarion was started in 1977, again, the student paper. Went through many different names. 
such as the Wise Owl. That's Y apostrophe S, Wise Owl. Sinclair College Clipper and the Sinclair Campus Communicator. Player names are right. I mean, reminds me of the Guardian in the right states, like the name. Between January 9th and 14th, 1983, more than 9 million gallons of water spewed on the Sinclair's campus. Doesn't say why, but it was. The second floor of Building 7 had a parquet floor and was referred to as the ballroom. The college held parties and dances in the ballroom the last Friday night of the quarter in the 70s. This is from Dave Collins. The college was featured in a New York Times article in 2009 detailing how community colleges create jobs in a then-unstable job market. Sinclair hosts scuba diving classes. The class requires multiple certifications and skills tests beforehand, which makes sense, and that <clears throat> explains why the pools are there. And the last point is back in 1980, Sinclair began broadcasting recorded classes on public access television. Students could register for these classes and receive credit. Exams were held on campus. So no, you can do your tests in front of your TV. The program came to be known as TV Sinclair and remained active, transitioning into take-home video cassette courses until the early 2000s. TV Sinclair was the forerunner of Sinclair's online classes, which now account for about 25% of enrollment. This is from John Thomasur, Veteran Services. So that's kind of an interesting fact. You know, nowadays, everything is pretty much remote because, you know, the virus. But think about it. I mean, you did classes on, you know, public access TV, which again... You know, you probably have to be in an area where you got that channel. You know, if you didn't have cable or satellite, I'm sure you were, you know, you couldn't do those classes. Unless you went to campus and watched it on TV there or something. I don't know. But nowadays, I mean, you could probably react that. Except you don't need a TV. You just need something that hooks up to the internet. Again, remote classes. Funny that. So, like I said... I know it's a tough decision, and I know it's... I, I hope Sinclair keeps athletics, because again, look at the baseball team. They've been ranked every year since 2009. This is a team that constantly fights for a spot in the College World Series. I mean, basketball has had their strong years, both men's and women's. Volleyball is normally solid. Softball is good as well. So, yeah, the offerings of sports are limited, but Again, you know, it's an option for the Sinclair students to play and come out and just, you know, blow off steam and root for their team, you know? So I hope that Sinclair saves sports, but my heart doesn't know if they will or not. So we'll keep this topic going. Like I said, there's not a decision to be made until February 2022 with the first report in, which is according to a resolution approved unanimously. So we'll we'll see what that report says. And we got 10 months until we find out anything. But all we know right now is Sinclair will not have sports for 2021-2022.
And that will do it. That is episode 210, talking about the future of Sinclair Community College Athletics and the downtown Dayton campus. And this is Lee W. Mowen with you here on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And when we get back to episode 211, we'll talk about updates in local sports. Local sports in the area. Hmm. What a concept. Talk to you again for episode 211.